Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Hello, this is the Faith in Kids podcast. You don't even need me to tell you that because you're here in the right place for Meals with Jesus, episode six. Sit down or your knees will buckle with excitement. Welcome to the fun. It's Jam here. Hello. We're going to have a whip around question. Ed, when did you last have a terrible fright and thought it had all gone wrong and it hadn't? Can you think of one of those? Just while you think, I've had it once or twice where I've just come back to the car, thought thought I knew where the car was, and thought my car's not here, my car's in, my car's been stolen. My car, it's over there. Oh, there it is. Actually, I I thought I'd parked it here. Everything's fine. It's fine, everyone. Have you ever had one of those where you thought it had all gone wrong and it hadn't? Uh, losing a child. Losing a child is is the is the moment when you have to decide how many people am I going to tell I've lost my child because <laughs> with every person you tell it becomes more and more serious. Great. Yeah. And with this podcast you've just told a few hundred more. I need you to know I have always found my children in the end. Exactly. So, parents and kids, when did you last have a terrible fright and thought it had gone wrong and it hadn't? Hopefully there have not been too many relived traumatic moments there. I hope we're all enjoying the relief we felt when it hadn't gone wrong. But Ed, why have we been whipping around that particular question? Jam, I want to argue that more than any other moment in history, today we're looking at the moment when it's, I thought it had all gone wrong. It hasn't. Well, there you go. We're going to find out more about that in a moment. 
But first, we're going to do some fun facts. And I'm going to ask you a question, Ed. Do you know what a possum is? It's either someone you love very much or it's a small furry relative of the kangaroo. It is a marsupial, but it doesn't live in Australia. It lives in North and South America. It's the size of a cat, but it looks like a rat. Oh. And here's the fun fact about the possum. It plays dead so that it doesn't get eaten. So it lies there on the ground looking dead. So that you don't, But you might think, Ed, and I know what you're thinking. Shh, no, um, let me say it for you. If a predator comes along and sees a dead possum, they're thinking, great, lunch is already ready. It's a dead possum. I can eat it. No, Ed. No. Why not, Jan? They really sell their dead performance by releasing a foul odour that suggests they've been dead for quite a long time. And are essentially poisonous. Jam, I never ever want to see a putrid, stinking rat the size of a cat. That's like a, your worst animal nightmare. But they're not dead, Ed. That's <laughs> the amazing thing. You think they're dead, but they're not. They smell like that pot of dodgy food you've got in the fridge uh, that, you've, that you've basically put at the back and it's been there for a month and then you open it and you go, hmm, I think I'm going to throw that in the bin. Another fun fact... Fire-bellied toads do something similar. They play dead. They lie on their backs. They put their legs in the air and they flush bright orange and yellow to show predators that they're actually poisonous. And so if they get eaten, they're going to taste disgusting. So uh, they also play dead. And then my last fun fact, Ed, nature stories are often bad because of the damage that we've done to our planet. But sometimes there's a lovely surprise. A species of animal that we thought had died out sometimes turns out to be alive. I introduce to you the New Guinea singing dog. <laughs> it's closely related to the Australian dingo. Lots of Australian stuff going on here. After decades of believing they'd, they were extinct, a population of them was discovered in a remote region of New Guinea in 2016. It had been 50 years since there had been a sighting or a hearing because the dogs are famous for their high-pitched singing and sometimes they howl together to form a kind of a choir. How, Jam, can you lose singing dogs for five years? Fifty years, Ed. Fifty years years. and you've lost a singing dog. Yeah, they thought they were all gone, but they were found in a very remote region of New Guinea. Madness. In today's story... We are looking at the greatest turnaround in history. And after you've heard this story, you'll tell me this does not compare to the putrid, stinking rat the size of a cat that comes alive again. It doesn't compare. Of course it doesn't compare, but that's what possums do. They looked like they were dead, but they really weren't. We're now going to hear Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. There is the best moment when they realise Jesus is not dead. Listen out for the moment they realise. The reading is Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were going into a town named Emmaus. It is about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking about everything that had happened. While they were discussing these things, Jesus himself came near and began walking with them. They were not allowed to recognise Jesus. Then he said, What are these things you are talking about while you walk? 
while the two followers stopped. Their faces were very sad. The one named Cleopas answered, You must be the only one in Jerusalem who does not know what just happened there. Jesus said to them, What are you talking about? The followers said, It is about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet from God to all the people. He said and did many powerful things. Our leaders and the leading priests gave him up to be judged and killed. They nailed him to a cross. But we were hoping that he would free the Jews. It is now the third day since this happened. And today some women among us told us some amazing things. Early this morning they went to the tomb, but they did not find his body there. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels. And the angels said that Jesus was alive. So some of our group went to the tomb too. They found it just as the women said, but they did not see Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, You are foolish and slow to realise what is true. You should believe everything the prophets said. They said that the Christ must suffer these things before he enters his glory. Then Jesus began to explain everything that had been written about himself in the scriptures. He started with Moses, and then he talked about what all the prophets had said about him. They came near the town of Emmaus, and Jesus acted as if he did not plan to stop there, but they begged him. Stay with us. It is late. It is almost night. So he went in to stay with them. Jesus sat down with them and took some bread. He gave thanks for the food and divided it. Then he gave it to them, and then they were allowed to recognise Jesus. But when they saw who he was, he disappeared. They said to each other, When Jesus talked to us on the road, it felt like a fire burning in us. It was exciting when he explained the true meaning of the scriptures. So the two followers got up at once and went back to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven apostles and others gathered. They were saying, The Lord really has risen from death. He showed himself to Simon. Then the two followers told what had happened on the road. They talked about how they recognised Jesus when he divided the bread. So that's what it says in the Bible. But maybe you want to hear that sort of acted out. Two very excited people on the road to Emmaus. Let's have a listen into their conversation. Sorry. So tired. Running to Jerusalem. Because... We just saw him. Jesus lives. It was really him. And... Let's back up. We were on the road to Emmaus, talking about what happened when we met this guy who asked us what we were chatting about and we were like, "Mm, duh, we're talking about Jesus. Where have you been? Turns out it was Jesus. Oh, don't spoil it. Sorry. That's the best bit. So we started telling this guy all about how Jesus did amazing things and how we'd hope he'd rescue us from the Romans, but the temple priest killed him on Friday. Then, Sunday morning, some of the women went to the tomb. And Jesus was gone. Unbelievable. Ruined it again. Sorry. Anyway, where had Jesus gone? And this dude we met on the road explains how this whole thing had been planned by God and how it's there all the way through the Bible from the beginning. And he told us how it's not rescue from the Romans, but from sin and death. And how we can be with God forever. Mind blown. Boom. So we stopped off for a bite with this guy. And the moment he broke the bread, we realised, get this? It was actually Jesus. All this time. Seriously. Again. I'm just so excited. It was Jesus. He's alive. All our hopes and dreams there, eating bread with us. And then... Boom. Gone just disappeared. Can you believe it? Four in a row. 
Amazing. I honestly don't know why I bother. Sorry. It's just such a brilliant story. And it means Jesus lives. There is hope. He can rescue us after all. So, we're running back to Jerusalem to tell the others. Come on. My family had hoped to go to Scotland for a holiday. We'd never been before. It was going to be an outdoors adventure in the mountains. Walking along rivers, messing about in the water, slogging up mountains, maybe canoeing. We were going to do everything. We'd hoped to go in an aeroplane. We'd hoped to land amongst the mountains. We'd hoped to see, well, everything in the wild outdoors, in the sunshine, together. But then Covid came along. We couldn't go. We weren't allowed to go. We couldn't cancel the plane tickets. So a plane flew to Scotland with empty seats for my family. The the seats were saved for us. Their tickets had our names on them. But the seats were empty. We were locked indoors at home. We've all hoped for so much more this last year. What did you hope for that didn't happen? Is it a long list? It's been a year of, but we had hoped for. We read in today's story of a conversation on the road to Emmaus. Two of Jesus's closest friends were talking about what they had hoped for. They were heartbroken. They had dreams of what almost had been. Then a stranger walked up to them. This stranger was actually Jesus, but they didn't know that. It's a secret. The stranger asked them a question. Listen to what happened. This is verses 19 to 21. Jesus said to them, What are you talking about? The followers said, It is about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet from God to all the people. He said and did many powerful things. Our leaders and the leading priests gave him up to be judged and killed. They nailed him to a cross. But we were hoping that he would free the Jews. It is now the third day since this happened. We were hoping. Did you hear them say that? But we were hoping. They were hoping that Jesus was God's promised king who had come to save them to free them, to forgive them, to love them, to never let them go, to be the one they had hoped for. We know a little of how they felt after the year we've had. But this isn't the end of their story and it's not the end of our story. There was a moment during dinner because they'd invited the stranger in. They had talked together for the whole journey. He'd walked them through the whole Bible story. He had showed them that the promised king had to die. They were sat down in a home. They had the bread in front of them. Then the stranger gave thanks for the bread, broke it, and suddenly they knew. They knew it was Jesus. Alive. And when they saw who he was, disappeared. Nowhere to be found. So what did they do? They got up and they ran all the way back to Jerusalem. What a slog. They burst into the room where the other 11 apostles were. And listen, verse 34 says, The Lord really has risen from death. 
he showed himself to Simon. It is true. The Lord has risen. They burst in and shouted it. Do you know, we're planning a trip to Scotland. Again. We'll book flights. This time we might even sit in the seats. We'll play in the rivers. We'll climb the mountains. All the things we'd hoped for will happen. Being a Christian means what we were hoping for, above all other things, will happen. It is true. It is true Jesus is our promised King. So we are safe. It is true he has saved us so we can be forgiven for whatever we have done and we can be loved and never let go. It is true he is the one we had hoped for so all the other disappointments don't quite matter as much. What had you hoped for? And is that feeling changed now you know it's true Jesus is alive? Let me pray. Dear Father, it hurts when we find ourselves thinking we had hoped for it and it won't happen. We find it sad to look forward and then be disappointed. We find it sad when our dreams don't come true. We find it sad living in a broken world where things don't quite work as they should. I thank you, Father, that above everything else, it is true that Jesus is alive. I pray you'd help us to connect our disappointment to the thrill of the resurrection. Help us to understand how Jesus being alive changes how we feel when we're disappointed. Amen. Amen. Let's think about that by having a chat with Ed's Got Questions. Under fives, do you know why the two people were sad? Fives to sevens, these two people were only sad. What makes you really sad? Do you say it out loud? Eights to elevens, does Jesus rising again help with your sadness? That is a hard question. And over 11s, what would you say is the biggest thing that has ever happened in the history of the world? Hold that thought. How does it compare to the resurrection? Compare the two biggest events in human history and work out which one matters more. Have a chat about that now or later. Press pause if you want to chat now. But first we've got a song, a wonderful new song by our friend Caroline Sharp and it's called He Is Risen. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here, he is risen. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen for me. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. 
Thanks, Caroline. She is all about creating experiences for children to explore the Bible through music. Go to her website, gabrielmusic.org. Thank you, Jam. Thank you for being here to talk about the greatest moment in all of human history. And Jam, let me just ask, was that more exciting than a putrid rat the size of a cat rising from the pavement? I think it probably was. I'm pleased to say... Uh, I don't think anyone's terribly surprised at that. But it is brilliant to know. Just imagining what those people must have felt. They thought that Jesus had died and the amazing, wonderful surprise that he wasn't. Now that is exciting. It makes me think there should be a moment when we're sat around a table this evening and we break a piece of bread and we try to pretend we're that excited. Can you imagine that, breaking the bread and suddenly he's not there? You just think, blimey, I need to to get a hold of some of that bread. What noise would you make, Jam, in that moment when you realised? The moment of bread, Jesus, it's him. I mean, I'd like to think I would make the noise, whoa. But I would probably make the noise, um, but definitely not. (laughs) Oh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd like to make that noise. But um, I'm not sure this is getting us anywhere, Ed. We should probably stop the podcast now, shouldn't we? (laughs) Bye-bye. Cheerio. And as if this weren't enough, there is one more still to come after Easter. Do come back for that. We look forward to speaking to you then. Under fives, do you know why the two people were sad? Fives to sevens, these two people were only sad. What makes you really sad? Do you say it out loud? Eights to elevens, does Jesus rising again help with your sadness? That is a hard question. And over elevens, what would you say is the biggest thing that has ever happened in the history of the world. Hold that thought. How does it compare to the resurrection? Compare the two biggest events in human history and work out which one matters more.